Good evening, everyone. This is Be Rich, Be Yourself podcast. I have a special, special guest in the building. Uh, I've been knowing this brother almost, what, eight plus years now. Uh, this is my friend. This is my brother. Uh, this, is my, this is my main guy right here, man. Uh, this is actually my first episode uh, for your Be Yourself podcast. And and I uh, went on my way to ask my, my guy if he wouldn't mind being the first guy I interview uh, from episode number one. And of course, like a friend, he accepted. Um, so I have a few questions I want to ask him just to learn a little bit of, more about, you know, who he is and have him speak his truth or, you know, get a couple things off his chest that he wants to speak on. Um, like I said, it's going to be a series of questions. He doesn't know exactly what I'm going to ask him at all, but we're going to sit back and learn a little bit more about this guy by the name of Chris Doss. Chris, nice to have you on the show, man. Hey, my brother, appreciate it. I'm glad to be here. I'm glad to be uh, honored to be the first person to uh, jump on this show, be yourself, jump on this podcast. I uh, appreciate you taking the time out to ask me to be your first interviewee. Um, um, I'm happy that I'm here today to answer any questions that you may have. Uh, so let's let's get it going. So I'm going to dive straight into it, man. Um, <clears throat> some of these questions I'm going to ask you, of course, I know, a little bit of the answers, but not all the way. And maybe you can kind of dive deep and dive deep and kind of explain exactly what, exactly how you grew up, man. What you've been through, uh, what life changes have hit you, how you've grown and overcame. Because uh, people people know a little bit about Chris, but there's a lot of people that don't know anything about Chris at all. So I just want to, you know, kind of put you out there a little bit in a respectful way, and kind of, you know, learn exactly who Chris Doss is and what he has been through. So I know that you uh, you grew up in Alaska. So can you kind of tell me exactly how that was for you growing up in Alaska? Yeah, definitely. Um, so I just turned 30 back in September. Um, I was born in 1989. Um, I was born in Upper Hayford, England. Uh, I'm known to some as a military brat. Uh, my mom... Thank you, Mom, if you're listening. Uh, she uh, was in the United States Air Force, so for, served for over 24 years. Uh, my dad was also in the Air Force, and also my stepdad, Lewis Anderson, was also in the Army for over 13 years. Um, so I was born in England, uh, moved to Germany, jumped over overseas, left overseas to go to Alaska. So growing up in Alaska, wasn't quite sure what to expect. Um, I know I've seen a lot of different um Wildlife. I've seen a lot of different bears, black bears, brown bears, moose, um, geese, stuff like that um, all around. Um, where we lived was this street called Beaujolais. Um, and on Beaujolais, we met a lot of couple, or we met a good amount of friends, good amount of people. I don't care about none of that. My bad, I had a little text message. <laughs> yeah, it's all right. Uh, uh, we, we, we had a lot of friends that we... Uh, um, had on that street um, growing up in Alaska was different because it snowed <clears throat> probably nine ten nine months out the year eight nine months out the year um, what a lot of people don't know is that it gets nice though in Alaska like it actually gets to be uh, 70 some degrees and the outdoors is is very nice it's very beautiful there um, but we also had a lot of fun when it snow um, we have a lot of snowball fights um, 
able to build a lot of snowmen. Um, like I said, even even growing up as a military brat, I still had a, a normal little childhood, a normal childhood. Um, my dad would always take me downtown Anchorage, Alaska, if anyone ever goes, to see the sleeping lady. And I'd ask my dad, hey, why is it called the sleeping lady? And so, when especially when it snows, you can see the mountain caps. It looks like a lady's on her back sleeping, lying down. Um, I thought that was pretty cool. You can see a lot of whales out there. Like I said, just a lot of wildlife out there. So, soon after we moved from Alaska, uh, my mom got orders to her last duty station, which was in Langley, Virginia. Um, if people don't know where Langley is located, it's near Newport News, Hampton area. Uh, we lived in Newport News, uh, Virginia for a few years. Uh, my family... As some of y'all know, uh, my mom's side of the family is from Virginia, from Charlottesville. Shout out to all y'all in Charlottesville. Shout out to all y'all in Virginia, uh, Virginia area, Virginia Beach, Newport News. Um, the East Coast was home once upon a time. Um, it's still home today. I don't get back as much as I, I'd like to. But uh, uh, shortly after li- leaving Virginia, we moved to Oklahoma, where um, a lot of my life has continued to um, carry on. I moved here when I was in fifth grade, so I moved around a lot when I was younger. Um, That was a transition because, believe it or not, I was uh, a way quieter kid, way more more shut down and to myself um, type of kid. I wasn't as outgoing until I moved here and got comfortable um, in my surroundings. I really just didn't get a good footing on where I was at, where I was located. Um, But like I said, we moved to Oklahoma in uh, early 2000 when I... um, um, was entering fifth grade, um, <laughs> moved here to Charlotte, Oklahoma, Midwest City area, and attended Westfall Elementary. Um, t- after attending Westfall, I um, went to the Cone Park Junior High, and then I graduated in 2008 from Choctaw High School. Um, um, that is mainly what I've done since I've lived in Alaska, moved to Virginia, come all the way to Oklahoma. Just real quick, sorry. So I know I know you grew up in a, a military family and military setting, um, and I know you actually joined the army. So, why did you make the decision to join the army? Yeah, so like I said before, I graduated in um, two thousand eight. <clears throat> um, I also had my son Amari um, in two thousand eight, March two thousand eight. Um, I wasn't quite sure. After my May graduation, what I was going to do, um, I was kind of at a crossroads at a young age, at 18, just kind of working here, working there, getting a job, but mostly, you know, turning up, partying, drinking, yeah, yeah. doing, 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 you know, yeah, what what young young people do, um, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, knew that, you know, I had my son there and knew I was needing, you know, provide for him, but I thought to myself... You know, what is the best way for for me to provide for my son? Um, knowing at the time, and I'm talking as an 18-year-old Chris, knowing at the time that, hey, you're not going to get your son. You know, he's he's with the mother. Um, um, he's with his mother, and that's it. You know, that's your life. Here's, here's the 18 years of paying child support. You know, that's what I thought my life was going to be. Sometimes we think, you know, our life is this today, but we wake up tomorrow and it's something different. Um, we, um, so I, I joined the army because I, I thought to myself, hey, 
I know the ins and outs kind of of, of the military. Wasn't quite sure at the time, though, what branch I wanted to join. Uh, I um, I knew, you know, my stepfather. Um, I knew Andy was um, in the Army, um, field artillery. I knew my mom was in the Air Force, you know, supply. I wasn't quite sure what I wanted to do or which branch I wanted to go to. And what's funny, funny story is so when I finally decided on joining the military, this is probably in December of 2008, I'm headed into 2009. When I finally decided to join the military, I actually went to um, the Marines. I went to the Marine Corps recruiting office out here in Midwest City, and um, <laughs> they they told me about the Marines, this and that. But then they told me at the time that I couldn't even get in the Marines because of the first tattoo I ever got, and that's the tattoo on my lower left, uh, uh, my lower right arm, underneath my elbow. Um, it's my son's name, says Amari. Um, they told me that there was no waivers at the time, you know, to come back, check back in. But I thought to myself, hey, you know, I'm 18 going on, you know, 19 next year. I need to, you know, get in the military. I need to get out of here. Like, I need to get a job. I was working two jobs at the time. Um, I, I wasn't, I was making enough money, but not making enough money. I, I thought to myself, is this what I want to do? Is, 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 is this type of future I'm going to have for myself, for my son? And that's not what I wanted to do. So I volunteered to go to the army um the army told me you know great things um but at the time i didn't really care what they had to say i wasn't really listening i knew what i signed up for and i knew it was during the time of war i knew the high chance of me going to afghanistan was was gonna happen i knew there was a high chance of that i knew the risk involved but at the end of the day i thought about my son and i thought about thought about him growing up because at the time that i joined the army he was one years old yeah 2009 yeah he was one going on two i i joined the army in august 2009 and uh, went to basic training um and uh after basic training in fort jackson uh south carolina went to um ait advanced individual training in um, fort gordon i was a 25 uniform in the army by the way Shout out to all my men and women serving overseas, all my veterans. Hats off to y'all. Um, so I was uh, AIT six months over in uh, Fort Gordon, Augusta, Georgia. Um, I uh, got orders. <clears throat> I had airborne orders to go airborne. Uh, so I was supposed to go to Fort Benning, Georgia for a few weeks and uh, go to airborne school and then I got orders to go to Fort Richardson, Alaska, be part of 25th ID, which is a funny story. I was still a part of 25th ID um, at the end of my career. But um, I, uh, um, those orders got nicked somehow. Don't know what happened. New cadre and AIT, don't know. Um, at the time, it didn't really matter. I didn't know where I was going to go. So I get back on my little account to, to check for my orders to come. I see that it says, hey, you're going to Fort Campbell, Kentucky. Um I thought to myself, oh, okay, well, you know, Kentucky's, you know, probably like Oklahoma, probably not too, not too different, right? You know, like, nah, I'll be okay going there. Um, so, a couple weeks passed by, I go to a new class, and the guy there was like, the teacher there, the cadre there, the E6 at the time, staff sergeant was like, hey, who's all going to, um, where, where are y'all going? What's the due station? Some people said Korea. Some people said Germany. Some people said, you know, Fort Bliss out in Texas. Some people said Fort Drum. Um, me and another guy, um, me and another classmate were like, hey, we're going to Fort Campbell. 
And he's like, oh, you're going to Fort Afghanistan. And we kind of look at each other like, what do you mean? Like, we didn't get the joke. Like I said, we're new privates in the armies during the time of war. We didn't get it. So he's like, oh, you don't know. And we're like, no, we don't know. Like, what's the joke? He's like, well, you're never at Fort Campbell. You're always in Afghanistan. So we call it Fort Afghanistan. Um, as soon as you get there, you're going to deploy, blah, blah. And kid you not, as soon as I got there, <laughs> and some of y'all can't contest to this, some of my old army buddies, if y'all listen, I'm going to share with y'all one day on here. Um, <laughs> we were there for maybe, what, four weeks, five weeks, and, and we were shipped out to Afghanistan, deployed right away um, to a unit that was already deployed for uh, going on a, a 12-month deployment, um, shipped out. Um, so crazy times. I mean, join the Army, like I said, mostly because my son, some other people have other agendas, obviously. Some people join for school. Some people join because they're bored. I've even heard of that from a soldier before. Some people join because their family did it. Some people join because they love this country. Some people join for multiple reasons. Like I said, college, their their family, their kids. Um, everyone has a different reason. Um, so that's mainly why why I joined the Army. Got you, man. Got you. So I know there are <clears throat> a lot of things that happen to um, military people as far as uh, the after effects. And so my question to you is, do you suffer from PTSD and if so, what what are the effects that you deal with? Yeah, so like I said, um, combat veteran, been on been on two deployments to Afghanistan. Um, first deployment, um, um, there's 18 people that we lost in our unit. Um, the second deployment, we didn't lose any in our unit, um, but our second deployment is part of a, a PSD. Uh, a detachment team attached to the colonel and the sergeant major. Um, so, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I've been rated as having uh, post-traumatic stress disorder, PTSD. Some people know what that is. Some people don't. Um, 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 PTSD can be with someone for a small period of time or PTSD can be with someone for a long period of time. Um, most veterans, especially that have served in Iraq and Afghanistan, have PTSD for a long period of time, which most likely means they're going to have for the rest of their life. Um, I can't imagine my own self not having it for the rest of my life. I know that I live with it daily, but I've gone through things that have taught me how to deal with it also. Um, everybody has battles. Whether they want to admit it or not, I'm on here admitting it that I've fought with things. Some people lose that battle and some people can't fight anymore. But for those that can't fight anymore, you need to reach out to somebody. You need to let somebody know if you're struggling. And and signs to look out for is isolation. When someone's isolating themselves with some from somebody, or somebody's flipping out for no reason, um, there's there's temper tantrums, anger management issues going on. Um, just look out for people, check out for people, especially if you know they've had a traumatic event in their life, whether it be a car wreck, um, they were a police officer once upon a time, they were a firefighter, first responder, EMT, whether they were a combat veteran. Um, if they've had any traumatic event in their life, um, everybody around those bystanders need to be looking out for each other because I can speak for myself and speak for other veterans around the nation 
that when you first get out of the military, you don't know how it's going to be. You don't know how to adapt to life. You don't know what else to do except for be in the army and do army things. Train, shoot, kill, all those all those people that do those things as well. Um, people that that work on, I mean, everybody, people that are medics, people that are, 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 are Ford observers, field artillery, people that are, are just supply. I mean, they go, everyone goes through a lot in the military and they don't get paid enough to go through what they got to go through. You're getting paid 24 seven. Yeah. Blah, blah. You're getting, you're getting this amount of money, but you're getting, you're getting this stipend, blah, blah, but you can make it so much more on the outside. You can make it so much more in the civilian sector. And so goes along goes with that is PTSD so some people don't know how to react and so when you do try to get more money and go to that civilian sector you need to know how to work with other people you need to be sociable you know what I mean even if that puts you in a, an anxiety state or a paranoia state dealing with PTSD and I'm just telling you what I deal with those are things I deal with is I have to talk in my job I have to brief in my job but I have anxiety I get paranoid um relationships get hard at times just friendships or i'm recently married so sometimes that may get tough and yeah some people may say yeah it's daily life or you know that's life yeah that's true but for someone like me or someone else like me that's tougher on us in a way because we let the motions how should i put we let our emotions get the best of us all the time there's not one time that our emotions don't get the best of us you know what I mean? Maybe a few occasions, but most of the time, we're going to get upset really quick. But we try to contain that the best way we can, but sometimes we can't. Um, our, 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 the way we sleep, our sleep patterns are different. You know what I mean? Um, um, when you're sleeping and, and you're sweating in your sleep or you're having bad dreams or you're waking up in the middle of the night and can't go back to sleep and you're having insomnia, those are signs, too, that people need to look out for. Um but those are things that I go through on a, on a daily basis. I got to take sleeping medicine just to go to sleep every night because I can't sleep. Just going, you know, just closing my eyes and just thinking I'm going to drift away. Uh, I got to force myself to sleep. Uh, my mind's constantly thinking and constantly um, missing what I used to have. Missing being in the army, missing Afghanistan. You know what I mean? But why? Some people say, well, why? Like, why would you miss that? You know what I mean? But I I don't know. I just I just don't know. I don't even have an answer to that. You know what I mean? Like, you just miss it. It's just, it's just, I think it's a lifestyle thing. I think it's a lifestyle thing. You know, it's like you, you get in that lifestyle and you just, for so long, and you just, bam, that's what you want to do. Like, yeah, it's cool to come back and chill and do this. But, bam, if I can go back over there and make this money. And do this and do that. And I'm good with that too. So that's a lot of that. Like with PTSD alone and what to look out for. And and yeah, I have it. But, you know, I know how to live with it, I guess. I know how to adjust my life or adapt to different situations with it. But yeah, we all have it. All veterans are going to have that. Um, definitely. That's the number one driving disability probably in all, all of uh, veterans in America. So speak to us a little bit about someone that's fresh out the army, um, really just trying to find their way, but really don't have the um, the resources to kind of speak to or teach them about the VA benefits. Um, talk to 
talk to us a little bit about the VA benefits. Yeah, so anyone that's, you know, getting out the Army or first getting out, I got out in uh, April of 2015. Um, like I said before, I was stationed at Fort Campbell, Kentucky um, for a few years, and then I was stationed at Schofield Barracks, Hawaii um, for over a year. Um, came, uh, got out, um, got custody of my son, Amar, and got out, um, moved back to Oklahoma. Um, but going through that time, going through that transition, I didn't quite know what to do or what to expect or what job I was really going to get into. I knew I was in the government. I knew I got into communications, um, part of the Signal Corps. I knew that I had a skill. I knew that I could uh, have a little bit on my resume, you know, from maybe past jobs before the Army, but mostly from, from the Army, from the military. I had a, a little bit of college. Um, not that much, but I thought that would be beneficial to any job that I went to at the time. Um, when I got out, I was about 25-ish, 26. Yeah, about 26 I got out. Yeah, so I um, I would say listen to ACAP. When you're, when you're ACAPing and when you're getting out of the Army, you need to listen. Like, don't, it's not your time to be on your phone. It's not your time to be like, you know what, I'm getting out the Army. What am I going to do next week? Um, when I get out, how drunk am I going to get? No, it's that, it's that time to listen. Not only is it important because you're going to get your shipping details for your stuff, but you can also catch the Army up on advantages and benefits that the Army's going to give you before I even get to the part that the Army's going to give you when you get out. So the Army will ship your items and store them for free for a whole year. A whole year. They'll ship them, store them for free. Stores that you're choosing, wherever the area that you're living at, mostly by your home record. So, my military folk, take advantage of that. If that's still around, take advantage of a shipment for free. They can ship your stuff for free anyways. I came from Hawaii. They they shipped my stuff to Oklahoma, but I had a place to stay. Um, if I had a storage, they would have paid for it for a, month, uh, a year. So, anyway, so when you get out. They're not going to tell you about the VA benefits. They're not going to tell you about VA disability compensation. They'll probably talk about it a little bit, skim over it. They don't want you to know about that because they don't want Uncle Sam to pay you the 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 the, the taxpayers' money, basically. My own money that I get back and Brandon's own money that he pays, you know, and my mom pays and everyone else, you know, uh, my wife pays, taxpayers, right? But there are veterans out there that are suffering daily that do need this help. Um, I don't take advantage of it. I need help with certain things. It helps me. But uh, but anyway, so with with that being said, you need to pay attention to ACAP. And when you get out, you can get up to six months of unemployment in your state. No matter what state you live in, all 50 states, unemployment for six months, up to, up to six months and, and get paid weekly. So in Oklahoma, I know the rate was going $400, $500 weekly. Um, did it for a couple months, whatever. Um, you don't want to do it for too long, but take advantage of it just so it could bridge you, bridge the gap so you can find work. Um, show that you're going to work. Do the right thing. Don't take advantage of the money in that way. Um, but the money is there for you so you don't have to be on the street, so you don't have to struggle, so you don't have to struggle just from serving your country all the way to being on the street, no matter what you got out for, honorable, general, uh, dishonorable discharge, doesn't matter. Um, you need to get connected with your, v- your local VA hospital and your local VA reps. Don't pay attention to the VA reps in the book. Don't pay attention to the VA reps online. 
Um, get enrolled in ebenefits.gov or ebenefits. Just search down Google. Get enrolled in ebenefits. And also, when you're searching for that rep, use DAV. Um, if you're in Oklahoma, use Del K. Graham. Um, but just search that rep and look, read reviews. Read what other veterans are saying as well. You might listen to this, but read what other people are saying as well. And go over your research. Do your own research. Like they used to say in the military, you have to take control of your own career. Take control of you, the rest of your career while you're out. Take control of what you can control. It's a process. And I'm not telling you that it's going to take four months, six months. It could take up to a year. It could take up to two years. I finally got my disability. I, I went and I, a few months later, I finally got it. But over the years, I've had to go back and appeal. Don't give up. If they give you a zero rating, you can go back. If they give you no rating, you can go back within a year. If they give you no rating, you can go back within a year. But if they give you a zero rating, you can go back anytime. They give you a rating of 10%, you can go back anytime. You give a rating of 30%, you can go back anytime. In certain states, also look up and pay attention to what exemptions you get based off the disability that you may get. And who you may get checked out by is the VA hospital or a contractor that the VA feels like is necessary for you to go see. Um, there's different con- contracted out companies that are medical and licensed doctors by the VA that, that do DBQs and do, and, and those are uh, disability benefit questionnaires, do different things. Um, if anyone ever need to contact me, um, you know me or you have brands information, um, I try to get the word out to all of my veterans uh, that need to know this information, especially some that are getting out that don't know. I wish there was some I can connect to today that don't know the stuff that I wish they knew that I didn't even know, that I wish I could have told them, um, but you can't go back in time. Um, so get out there and don't quit on whatever rating you get and take can take control of, of your career after your career. Um, get in get in all that research and go through the steps. Like I said, it's a process and submit your claims yourself. I've submitted all my claims myself. There hasn't been anyone that submitted claims on my behalf. I may have representation on my behalf out of the Muskogee office, but there's been no one but to submit my claims myself. Went to a doctor, got checked out, blah, blah. Submitted my claims, came back with a rating, good rating, blah, blah. But I'm still trying to get more. Um, But yeah, so pay attention when you're first getting out. Don't even play around. Just pay attention. Like uh, I'm telling you now, I had someone before me tell me the same stuff. Networking with people is very important. Network with different people. Um, and also get your resume right now and get your training and all those different things out the way right now. If you're in the Army right now and listen to this, do any correspondence, do any type of training, take any courses, take any classes you can. If you think you have downtime to go home or to go in your barracks room and play around and go home and sleep all day, then you're doing the wrong things. You can do that later. Think about your life now. You can do that later. You can have all that fun later. Trust me. Do what you got to do now. Suck it up. Take care of it. It's easy. It's quick. Turn your stuff in. Get your transcripts together. Get all that stuff together. You're going on another job interview. You're in a job now. Even though, yeah, I know it's the military, but you're in a job now. But you're going on another job interview. Take interview courses. Whether you think it's, it's stupid or it's funny or whatever. Take public speaking. Become a better speaker. Trust me. People want to hire you if you can talk well. If you're not afraid to speak to others and be sociable and be able to speak in front of other people, it's something my parents taught me, is you need to be able to speak well. 
You need to be able to write well, type well, stuff like that. So, this is this is a question I definitely wanted to ask you, man, and uh. And all these questions are, are for sure serious questions, man. Uh, I took the time to write these out, man. And these are questions I really want to ask my brother, man. So, <clears throat> as you all know, he is a military man. Um, and he takes pride in that. So, my question to you is, Chris, what was your, your initial thought when you seen Colin Kaepernick take a knee during the National Anthem? What was your initial thought at the beginning and after hearing why he's taking a knee? How did you feel? From a military man standpoint, I need to know. Yeah, so that was what, a few years ago? Um, Colin's been out the league for a while. It's a shame. Um, but my stance on that was I remember, I can't remember who they were playing. I, it might have been Seattle or something like that. Um, but either way, it doesn't matter. I saw. Hold up, my bad. I saw where he took a knee, based off what highlights. So, and this is a Sunday, so next day I go to work. Based off highlights, I didn't. I didn't quite hear the press conference afterwards. But hey, I saw. You know, obviously the media is gonna blow it up. Hey, Colin Kaepernick took a knee, and he just picked the flag, and even. The hat I'm wearing now, multi-game hat with a flag, our flag on my hat. I felt some type of way. I mean, I was upset. I was hurt by it. Like, you know, seeing a black man take a knee on national TV, like, during the national anthem was like, that's disrespectful. Like, how I came up, what I saw, things like that. That's, 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 that's disrespectful. But I didn't give him the benefit of the doubt at the time. That was just... Emotion, like straight, just you know, without hearing anything, without hearing him even speak. I didn't give him the benefit of the doubt of even talking about it and saying, "Hey, this is why I did that." Whenever he did finally come out, and it was like the next day that I went to work and I vented about it to you, I, I said something about it to you. Is that's the day that I found out? Hey, he, you know, he was on sports and blah blah, saying, "Hey, I'm kneeling for social injustice that's going on in America, and and cops shooting black people." I mean, to be honest. Cops shooting black people. I mean, shit, it's still happening. What he lost his own damn job for, it's still happening. Do I stand by him? Hell yeah. Always will. Okay, so one thing you have to know about my boy Chris is he is like a sometimes Chris uses like a passive aggressive type nature. He'll say, I don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck. But he do give a fuck. <laughs> I know he cares. I, I know when he loses a Madden, he's like, I don't give a fuck. Yes, you care. Cause you just got your ass whooped. I know that fucks with you. Cause it fucks with me when I lose. It's just the nature of just being a competitive guy. That that's just is what it is. But I remember we were um, 
I think we were at work one day and he made a comment to me and I never forget, I never forget what he said. He said that, um, well, no, no, actually he didn't say it. It's just the look on his face said something to me. I may be totally wrong, but it's just something that I noticed during the, uh, the circle of conversation he's having with someone. So if this does relate to you, Chris, you know, please share, you know, what are your feelings behind it? Um, because like I said, from a, from a view, I thought this may throughout the years made you feel some type of way. Because like I said, for me, I graduated in 2008. I went to school. I went to HBCU. If you don't know, Langston University, L's up. And I got that college experience. You know, I didn't know too much about the military. I wish I would have. Um, because, hey, I could have went to school for free and avoided student loans. A lot of y'all know about them student loans. <laughs> they never denied us. They just told us to sign up. And if you, done, if you didn't have any other resources to pay for your school, then you had to take out loans. So, for my boy Chris here, man, going straight to the military, not getting that full college experience, you know, being on campus, living on campus, all that good stuff. How did it used to make you feel when you used to be in a circle of people having a conversation and they all used to speak on being in college, experiencing college, and also graduating from college when you didn't have a degree? How how did that um how did that make you feel? Yeah, man. Um, um let's see. I mean, I don't know the time that you talk about, but that doesn't matter. I, I know some instances that I could think of off the top of my head. Um, so like hearing it, it's cool, but it's more seeing it. Like I would be deployed or. I would be um, even back home here, but training, like out in the field, you know, on social media, but then back, you know, deployed again, blah, blah, whatever. But just being in the Army, not being in Oklahoma. But I see my boys like Taylor and, and, and you be doing stuff, and, but Taylor and stuff was playing football. And so that's why I wanted to go to college to do. I wanted to go. I was going to go to SNU, play football there, blah, blah. Um do all that stuff um so he's doing his thing you're doing your thing at langston blah blah i mean hearing it is like it sucks because i was at an age that i felt like i should already graduated like the rest of y'all they're graduating nick's doing his thing at oklahoma state chris doing his thing at oklahoma state um should already graduate everybody else graduated i just see all the time graduation 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 and so on the inside that sucks but it wasn't no built-up hate towards anybody it was more like on the inside it's more like that's motivation for me to do better to like get there like but also be patient with the road i'm traveling because like i said i was going to school here going to school there going to school here blah blah but i was training doing this doing that like there was times that i'd have labs for science but i'd be out in the field training you know what i mean like, i can't be there like i gotta do this military duty not get no exception there's no passes just because you in the military there ain't no passes, you know what I mean? So I'm doing this and that, and it's just, it sucks when you can't be like, yeah, man, I graduated from so-and-so too, but everybody else saying, I did this, did this, did this, did this. It sucks on the inside. Whether people want to humanly admit it or not, that's just a human emotion that some people go through. Some people take it worse. I think I took it straight. I'm, I wasn't mad, and I wasn't upset. 
it's more like disappointed in my own self. Like, but also not understanding I need to be patient on this road that I'm on because this journey that I'm on is going to take time. And it took time. I've recently just graduated, finally graduated from Southern Nazarene University. But that was all the way from I joined the Army, had my son at 18, joined the Army at 19, finally graduated, got my official little email saying, hey, you know, you're done finally, blah, blah. At 29, turned 30 just recently too, so... um. That was organizational leadership is what I majored in at Southern Nazarene. Um, got married this year at 29. Um, graduated at 30. Got my GS12. Got promoted to a 12. Um, a chief corps in our office. Big, big stuff. Um, so a lot of stuff can happen before you're young, like I said, at 18. But it can happen before you just over time. Like things take time to 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 get to. Um, um, I'm not getting all religious them, but I'm just saying just from experience, things take time to get to. Like I said, all my friends are graduation at, graduating at 21, 22, 23, 24. I'm graduating at 29, 30 years old. You know what I mean? So, and, but I was going to class with people that are 40, 50 years old. You know what I mean? Like, people out there grinding every day. And I, I applaud y'all people every day for grinding. Get y'all a degree. It's important to have. Put that in your back pocket. Have that documentation for, for weaponization is what I like to say. Um, use that as a weapon. Use that to your advantage. Go get that master's. Some of y'all want to go get that PhD. Do that. I ain't in that. Go do that. But 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 keep going. Don't quit. It's hard. It gets tough. There's been so many times I've been down and out that I've been wanting to quit. I've quit. I've re- restarted. Quit. Restarted. But I've did it. I've done it. I'm done. I'm good. But you just got to keep going. You You can't give up. No matter what you're going through, and I've been through things in my life that have made me stop at a certain point in time um, a couple years ago. Um, but I, I had to keep going. I had to find that strength to just keep going, that motivation to keep going. Some way, somehow, I dug down deep. Maybe it's just time healed. I don't know what it was, but I knew for my own self and for my son, for my family, for our name, I just need to graduate college. I need to do that. That's something that just needs to be done. And so I did it. It's a marathon, not a sprint. Everyone's everyone's book is, is uh, written different, man. So um, whether someone was getting a degree at an earlier date and you got your degree at a later date, it doesn't matter. The, the reason for me asking that question was because I wanted you to actually, you know, say state that you actually did get your degree. I'm proud of you, man. Keep doing your thing. So... Another question I wanted to harp on is um, is, is something a little bit more serious. Uh, well, actually, a lot more serious. Um, so, as you you all know, or some of you do know or don't know, Chris does have a son, Amari. <laughs> He's pretty tall, probably going to be taller than his daddy, honestly. Uh, boy, growing. But, um, so I want to ask you this, Chris, you know, and really kind of go into detail as far as, you know, as much detail as you want to, you know, as, as, as comfortable as you feel, man. So what is it? How is it for you raising a child um, with special needs? Yeah, man. So Amari um, um, was diagnosed probably about... 
Uh, he's in Hawaii with me, so he got diagnosed by age five. I've had, I've had custody of him since he's about five years old. Um, with um, how should I put it? With um, autism, he has some signs of autism, um, but he's intellectually disabled. Um, so he suffers from social aspects. Um, he suffers from being able to use his fine motor skills with his hands and his fingers. Um, he suffers from being able to um, use complete senses, but he can use them around people that he's comfortable with. So he has a small circle, a small family support system, and it's a major reason why I end up getting out is to take care of him and, and be there for him. And, and when I took custody of him, be there and be more supportive of him. Um, me and my wife have been doing um, all we can to make sure he gets the best and also his family, um, his, um, his grandma uh, on both sides. Um, but but really everybody in his family, um, aunts and stuff that I've been making sure Mari gets what he needs at all times. He's fed, cousins fed. Uh, he's learning at all times. Um, but it's 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 challenging at times, to be honest. But it's a joy all the time because he's so special that he connects with certain people. But me and him connect just in a different way. And our connection stems from from the moment I probably just first, believe it or not, first fed him. Like uh, when he was a baby in the hospital. Uh, March 27, 2008. I mean, I remember just holding him and he just feeding him. And I just had him in my arms and I'm just kind of rocking him because I'm not knowing what to do. You know, just my new dad. I'm 18. Uh, I'm just looking at him, he's looking at me, and his little eyes are open, and, and I'm just looking at him, and I'm just like, man, we about to do this. But I didn't know our life was going to be what it is today, and I'm blessed to have the support systems that I have with raising my son. I'm blessed to be in my son's life. I'm blessed to be the father that I've I've grown into be, because time times haven't always been, haven't always been easy. Um, there's been a lot of difficult times <laughs> along the journey. But being a father, um, with a child that has special needs, I don't, I don't ever relate to him as a, you know, my son has special needs or this and that. I mean, people that know us know what it is, but if you don't know us, then yeah, he does. Um, he has some things that hold him back, some disabilities, but he also has a lot of different aspects and attributes about him that, that make him connect with others very well. Like he's so, um, his 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 mind is is so just different. It's he imagines stuff and it's just his imagination type of mind, creative mind. And he he loves the game of football. And I've taught him, and he's picked up on a lot of aspects and stuff that I've taught him. Um, he goes to weekly, you know, um, um therapy, um, for speech and, and occupational therapy for his hands and stuff. Um, but he's learning, you know, different things all the time. He he just learns a little bit slower than others, but he he learns pretty quick too, and he picks up on tendencies very fast. And he's very actually very 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 smart. So he gets away with a lot of stuff because he knows how to manipulate people. Um, so if you have a disability, it doesn't. It may hold you back from certain things, but it doesn't hold you back from all things because his certain things that are weaknesses for him are. Our, our our strengths and, and his strengths his strength and weaknesses are some of his weaknesses or some of my strengths but some of my weaknesses are his strengths 
like he knows how to organize stuff way better than I do. I'm 30 years old. He's 11. He knows how to organize things all the time. Um, he 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 knows where things go. He knows how to find stuff. He remembers. His mind is just. I'll be like, Hey, Mari, where did I put so and so? My wallet. Oh, it's in your truck. Oh, it's it's on the table in the kitchen. I mean, he can tell me those things. Like I said, he's comfortable in surroundings that he's comfortable with, but in other surroundings that he gets he gets uncomfortable with, he won't he won't initiate a conversation. You have to talk to him and make him feel warm and comfortable to him. So, man, <clears throat> do you feel like? So, how do you feel special? The Special Olympics are advertised. Do you feel like? Do you feel like it is as supported as the actual Olympics? Or, or do you feel like it's kind of um, not necessarily thrown up under the rug, but necessarily do you feel like it's actually out there or broadcasted as much as it should be? Or do you feel like only people or parents that actually have kids with special needs are the only, you know, sector to actually support these special needs Olympics? Okay, so first part. It's kind of a two-part question. Um, first part of that, um, I don't think it's broadcast enough. I think it's talked about when um, Autism Month comes around, which is April. Um, I think it's talked about. Um, Amari usually did Special Olympics and Special Olympics of Oklahoma in May um, for his school that he was attending. Um, now he's in a program called Coexist. Um, if, but if anybody's interested, I would just say get on to sook.org um, and special olympics uh oklahoma um their organization um online you can google it special olympics oklahoma and volunteer or learn how to coach or if you're at a school and you're a teacher be you can be a coach and 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 have that team and so the second part of the question um for the parents because i think there's only like one commercial that even comes out bro like I think on like one little commercial and they'll, you know, highlight the opening ceremonies on the news, but it's not broadcasted because, I mean, why they never talk about the national news? They'll talk about all this other stuff. Hell, they'll talk about Trump more than they'll talk about Special Olympics. I mean, I mean, it's politics. It's stuff that drives money because that's not the attractive thing, being real. That's not the attractive thing is is support Special Olympics. And no, the second part of that is general ed kids don't always get that information. Why? Because... Like my son, who's in a special needs class, but also goes to the general ed. Only the special needs classes are getting that information. Only those teachers have signed up and have been a part of that. I mean, it's not a bad thing. It's just that it's not broadcasted out loud because no one wants to talk about it. People are ashamed to talk about it. People are embarrassed to talk about it. People don't know how to react to certain things and don't want to know. That wouldn't be in denial. I know certain people like that now, today, they're still in denial. But hey, it is what it is. I mean, they, it's, it just needs to be broadcasted more than it is now. I mean, it can have, it can definitely be in newspapers more. It can be in magazines, it can be on social media more. I mean, yeah, you can go follow it, but how are you going to know to follow it if you're not promoting it? You know what I mean? But you need to promote stuff. And it doesn't really get that much money. I mean, the state needs to provide more money, more funds to that, allocate more funds. I mean, it's a fun event. I mean, get kids involved, get kids interested, 
get them having a good time, get them hearing a crowd. And I mean a crowd. I mean everybody's cheering for everybody. It's a fun time every year. I mean, we're new events now for my son, but that that's a fun time. I don't even think about volunteering myself and just helping out because it's a fun time, and I feel like those kids benefit from that because they may be held back from certain things when that held back, like I said, from everything. So tell me, man, uh, <clears throat> as we're wrapping up, man, tell me, tell me what you have going on in your life right now, man. What what's what's next for Chris Doss? Um, what's next for me is, um, like I said, newly promoted. Um, so <clears throat> plan to you know dive into this career and indulge in this career. I'm a new team lead, so plan to you know construct my career in a way that's going to shape it to a way that i can grow and develop as a as a as a as being in this leadership role and also so i can excel at the next level at the next position that i i may choose to go to um next for me um me and my family have some things up our sleeve that we plan to do um plan to move around um locally um get a new new house new environment go somewhere else um future plans too but also plan to go to school do some more schooling and um, get my master's um, um but um before i um before i wrap up before i'm done i just want to say again thank you for having me um you know it was a pleasure doing this podcast and talking about various topics and also discussing my knowledge and sharing it to the to the world and to the audience and I hope y'all tune into the next um, person that he'll have. Um, but also for my people, for my veterans, just remember the things I said. Remember to reach out, network, reach out to me, reach out to Brandon, network, um, um, get those benefits going. Um, get with the right people to, to get the right documents sent in. And for people that have kids with special needs, if that is the case for anyone that's listening, is that don't feel that the world is over don't feel that you're struggling you're not trust me your child's gonna bring more joy to you than anyone else can in this life so the purpose of this um my podcast is is to be um I want you to somewhat be more understanding instead of being judgmental because you never know what the next person is going through you never know the next person's thought process you never know what the next person or what kind of mask I guess the next person puts on just to get to work just to get out just to get out the bed um and like I said I I thought of this idea because I just wanted to, you know, just let someone speak their truth. You know, we don't necessarily have to be celebrities or athletes or whatever just to just to hear someone's truth. We're just regular folk out here. And, you know, just allow someone to speak their truth, then that's what it's all about. If I just touch one person, hey, I feel like I feel like I've done my job. So that's what it's all about, man. This is um this is Be Yourself Podcast by Be Rich. Appreciate y'all. Y'all have a good one.